0: Hello everyone. Today I would like to share some information about fawning, which is also called the fawn response. And this was coined by a psychotherapist named Peter Walker, and he defines it as seeking safety through appeasing the needs and wishes of others. So of course you've heard about the fight, flight, or freeze response. But what if the threat is a person that is bigger and stronger than you? So fighting or fleeing aren't going to work. You might try to get closer to them. The way that I kind of picture it is if I can remain cool and calm and friendly, I might be able to disarm the aggressor's adrenaline and fight response so that they might relax a little bit, in which case I would be able to, at some point, strategically be able to flee. And that's, of course, me imagining being threatened by, uh, you know, a big person but actually this response is something that gets employed in a much more complex way and i want to talk today about fawning as a trauma response so there's so many ways we could speak about fawning and fight or flight responses but when we consider it as a trauma response we can understand a trauma response in two ways there's two ways of using those words so the first one is that a trauma response is something in the moment it's a biological mechanism it's a biological reaction not a decision that the body employs when there is an overwhelming threat so it's an extreme expression of our fight, flight, freeze, fawn responses or any other. There are there are many different responses that we have inside of our system to respond to overwhelming threat and we have a whole extra order of those responses in our developmental years. Because during our developmental years, there is another overwhelming survival threat that we don't experience as adults. So when we're developing, when we are babies and children, and even young teenagers, young adults, this threat gets less as we get older, and it's most strong when we are the youngest. But there's this other threat of caregiver neglect because we rely so heavily on our caregivers. If we are not connected to a caregiver or there is neglect in any way, that is a life threatening situation for us. And because of that extra threat, overwhelming threat that we face, there are even more trauma responses even more survival responses that we have in our developmental years so that that's one way of using a, the word trauma response it's something that allows us to respond to overwhelming threat it's a response that is not our everyday operating system but it's an emergency response And that might mean shutting down our behavior in an attempt to maintain caregiver neglect. Or it might mean becoming overly aggressive or protesting violently in order to try to maintain caregiver's attention. So that's not a normal behavior. That's an emergency behavior or one way of using the word trauma response. And then the other way that we often use the word trauma response is that is for when these emergency responses for dealing with overwhelming threat become a habit through repetition and turn into a maladaptive behavior. So for example, fawning is a trauma response when we employ fawning in an emergency situation or when we're in an extreme circumstances of threat. But then fawning is also a trauma response when there's no emergency situation and we're employing that because it's become a habit and it's become a behavior um, that we have adopted So then we also call that a trauma response. So one is uh, more appropriate in the moment and a trauma response can also be something that has become a habit through repetition and has become a maladaptive behavior. So maladaptive means that it's an adaptive behavior that is not supporting our conscious adult desires or intentions so it's maladaptive it does not help us adapt to the circumstances that we find ourselves in it is an inefficient ineffective way of navigating our life that is has become habituated so fawning has been so interesting for me And I'm sure it will be for so many of us because of complex trauma that develops from our developmental years, we all have a quality of fawning to some degree. And when I had a mental health crisis back in 2018, it really took me by surprise as someone who had done all the right things, you know, was a wellness advocate in every way, physical, energetic, emotional, and mental, and was really working on all the levels of my person and my being. And I was like, what is it that has completely undermined my life and my health and my well being and my mind and my emotions? What has put me into this crisis mode? And the interesting thing for me was learning. About the fawn response and other ways that complex trauma was living inside of my system. And I was really able to always remain calm in the face of relational disturbances. And that's what we're, that's what we're taught to do. And when I engage with new students, this is a lot what I hear from them is that they want to remain calm in heated situations. And so that is, you know, that is a strong message from our culture and from our spirituality is to remain equanimous in the face of all situations. So I got really good at doing that, but it was actually just a fawn response of shutting down my own experience, my own needs and my own sensations and emotions, because if you're in touch with those, you're going to feel the waves of that you're going to feel the energy of that and you're if you let that move through you and that is helping to guide the situation. It's going to look very different from being a frozen equanimous statue or, you know, this field of, of calm. And I always thought that it was just expressing that presence. And in many ways I did tap into that presence, that presence, meaning the kind of stillness that we have within. So you know, I thought, you know, this is great. I'm tapping into this deep stillness inside and I'm able to remain calm. But in doing that, I was cut off from my own authenticity. So my own feelings, my own experience, my personal experience. And in situations where there's two people there, if one person is cut off from their Authentic experience, it's incredibly disturbing energetically for the other person. And that's what I that's what I had experienced in a couple of really um, heated situations where someone was having a breakdown um, in front of me in my courses. and I was holding that equanimous space and that was making them crazy. It was just driving them to such trauma and they were just reacting, you know, it was just increasing their trauma reactions, almost as if they were trying to get attention. They're trying to get some authenticity. And all I was meeting them with was that stillness and that presence. And it, you know, it, it really didn't work. For the other person, it definitely, you know, I I was kind of remained equanimous until months later when I had that mental health breakdown. That showed me that I was able to remain equanimous, but I wasn't healthy and I wasn't functional and the approach I was taking was not functional. It wasn't supporting others and it wasn't healthy for me. And I just want to share here how grateful I am to be able to record these podcasts and you know put up a poll in our in our Facebook group and to have this beautiful response showing your interest of of what you want to learn and and have me speak about it's such a joy and it's such a gift for me to get to put these episodes together creating these podcasts is one of my favorite things to do and I'm so grateful to you for listening and participating in this. So what I just shared, then, this could be considered fawning. So what is the difference between fawning and being caring and being nice? That is something that I find to be a really interesting question, because it's not about What you say, you know, it's not that you have to be worried about being nice and try to hold back. You know, one of the definitions of fawning is exaggerated flattery or affection. So really trying to get close to people, being really nice in an attempt to feel secure and to earn approval and to try to diffuse conflict. So how do you know the difference between being nice to someone and being authentic? And for me, the difference is very clear. When we are being caring and nice and we're being authentic and not fawning and it's a healthy expression, it's coming from the heart. And by coming from the heart, you know, if you haven't studied or been on retreat with me, coming from the heart means coming from a deep embodied presence. That's what the heart means. It means the center of our being, the deepest centeredness is being expressed. So we're in the present moment and we're connected to these qualities of the heart or our presence and being, which are this kind of sweetness and love. And when we're connected to that and that is open, and that's flowing and we're present and then there's an overflowing of that and that's what gets to be shared to another person that's the generosity of the heart that's being caring and nice that's being authentic that's what we that's what feels so good for us and is so healing for us and is so healing for others so connecting, so grounding and nourishing is when there's this overflowing from the heart. And the other one, fawning, is when it's a compulsion. It's from forces outside of this moment. It's from outside of the embodiment. It's when we shut down, when we, it's it's happening unconsciously, right? So it's this trauma response, a habit that's been developed from this complex neglect or complex not getting our needs met for years and years and years and years and and building up layers around that um, lack of needs getting met. And then we are compelled to unconsciously, we just leave our body and we... You know, adopt this very surface behavior of trying to earn approval, trying to diffuse conflict and feel secure through exaggerating our affection and flattery. So it's not coming from a deep internal connection with ourself and with our, with what feels good to us. And then there's an overflow. It's actually coming from something very unconscious, a habituated internal fear that we have. Another word for it is sometimes called people pleasing. So, to the degree that we're disconnecting from our own emotions, sensations, and needs, and we're, you know, doing our very best. And some of us are very intelligent, so we'll very smoothly and efficiently be able to disconnect from our own emotion, sensations, and needs, and people please others, and show up looking, um, you know, really playing the part, and really looking like we're in service, and really looking like we're spiritual, and really appearing to be nice and caring. And it's in an attempt to feel secure, to earn approval, and to diffuse conflict, but it never actually, it's very empty. It doesn't actually give us that. It's just an attempt. So what we're actually looking for is for us to be more connected to our body and to the heart and to feel the generosity inside and let that nourish us and fill us from the heart into the body. And then to find skillful ways of being able to express that as it overflows. So, when I was sharing about how much I love doing these podcasts, my eyes were closed and I was just in this kind of ecstasy of my own heart. And whatever, you know, I obviously trust my words very much. So, I just allowed that to flow, whatever felt whatever i felt about how much i love creating these podcasts and how grateful i am to this community but i could easily have been saying that with my eyes open like you know peeking and and activated and just trying to seek approval trying to seek security worried and needing a compulsion to share those things so not being a choice you know if it, it, it is satisfying to do that because you've made it an att- you've made an attempt at your own safety so it does feel good on some level to employ fawning that's why we do it but it's empty in that way i hope that makes sense and then just in the facebook group there was a question that i just want to briefly address now so i'd like to know if fawning covers something about feeling worried to trigger people when i'm feeling great like an overconfidence issue. So if you're worried about triggering people because you are feeling great, to me it sounds like an unnecessary sensitivity to other people's feelings that is actually inside of you. So it's not really inside of, it's not their feelings because you're worried about their feelings. It's not even like you're meeting their feelings. You're meeting a worry about their feelings about you. So it definitely sounds like a unconscious and unnecessary, unhelpful, oversensitivity to other people's feelings. And the best thing we can do for that is to just be aware that this is happening and that we're doing this. And when this sensitivity comes up to help to bring more awareness, the best thing is to to unpack it. So when these triggers come up, remember, triggers are great. Triggers are signposts telling us exactly where to look next for our healing and deconditioning and for our flourishing and optimization so when there's a trigger it's telling you exactly where to look next so you're worried that this person is going to be triggered that you're feeling great well it's time to unpack that what have they said what is it that you're actually worried about what are you scared about getting better at asking these kind of skillful questions about your own experience is one of the greatest gifts you could ever give yourself because it's heightening this self-awareness. And that self-awareness is exactly one of the greatest tools for being able to anchor deep into that heart center. It's self-awareness is something that you're investigating in the present moment through your layers into your being and getting that deeper connection instead of just living on the surface of what your worries and triggers and thoughts are that are really the last expression of what's really going on inside of you so i love that you you know ask this question and it's you know being willing to ask this first question is you seeing the first layer the the most superficial layer of what is actually going on inside of you and it's a little doorway inward to to you and and one of your layers so i hope you will investigate that so fawning is a huge topic i can't believe this was already 20 minutes just kind of scratching the surface about yeah this powerful understanding of of how our behaviors are unconsciously um, maladaptive to our more authentic more grounded adult versions of ourselves. and yeah like i said it's a huge topic super powerful Having more awareness around these behaviors automatically transforms them. And that's just how it works. I'm sure you've heard me speak about this many times. So knowledge can, absolutely can, completely change behaviors. Just having a different understanding of something can change the way that we think and behave and how our life unfolds. So I really hope that you've enjoyed this piece And next year in the therapeutic embodiment facilitator training, the same one that we ran this year, there's going to be a whole module on fawning. So we're going to go really deep into that. If you're interested in studying that amazing course with me next year, just look at the link in the show notes and there's a place to put your name down to hear information when the course opens up for registration for 2023 which I'm really, really looking forward to because we're going to go through a lot of these really interesting, incredible, transformational topics in a lot of detail. So as always, if you have any questions, just reach out. And thank you so much for listening. I will speak to you in a few weeks. Thank you for tuning in to the Functional Spirituality Podcast. If you enjoyed the show, make sure you subscribe by pressing the plus button on iTunes or the following button on Spotify. This is going to ensure that this resource is available and top of mind when you most need it. So please subscribe now.